name is Dr. Chayaliba Kobernek, and I'm excited to welcome you to the Mindful Woman Mothers podcast. I'm a clinical psychologist and a mother to four delicious girls. Here, we'll explore what it means to be a mindful woman through every stage of motherhood. Welcome on today's podcast. I'm excited to be speaking with Shira Shankman, my own former doula from Edison, New Jersey. Shira has been a doula for six years. She loves her job and all the bumps involved. And she herself has six children, Kanai Nahara, and I am so excited for us to chat today, Shira. Thank you for joining us. Uh, me too. Me too. Thank you so much for, you know, um, interviewing me and letting me speak. And I'm really honored about doing this. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe let's start with just talking about what is a doula? Okay, so what is a doula? A lot of people ask me that um, more like a lot of older people don't really know what a doula is. They they think of it as a coach and I tell them it's kind of like a coach on steroids. Um, oh but a doula is different than a coach. Um, we assist women during childbirth and um, in every single aspect, emotionally, physically, mentally, a lot of it goes, a lot of energy goes into it. Um, a, a professional doula is different than a coach because we take classes and we continue our education because there are always new things coming out to help educate us and help educate the doctors as well to assist women who are giving birth. Yeah. So you've probably accumulated a lot over the years. Anything that's yes. surprised you in your in your journey of learning? A lot. A lot. <laughs> um, so I've I've attended over 60 births now as we speak, thank God. And I learned something from every single one of them. I, I learn a lesson like in my personal life. I usually take something away for it from it. And then I also learn I learned something from the birth that I carry over to my other births. So I can also see how doctors, you know, no matter how many births they attend, they tell me that they also learn. And I used to think, how can they learn anything new if you've attended a thousand births? But it's true. You learn something new from every single birth. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And what kind of got you started on this journey? a great question. <laughs> I often ask that myself. <laughs> um, what I really think jump-started it was um, with my fifth child, I did not have a doula. I had, um, I had a doula, you know, I, I hired one, but she was sick and she couldn't come. And it was really hard. And I realized that I needed the support. And um, so for my sixth, I was already a doula. I decided to become a doula because I knew that there was a need for it. And people ask if a doula needs a doula. The answer is yes. I, I did. I mean, I personally did. I had three doulas <laughs> backed up. One, and if that didn't work out, I wanted another. And if that one didn't work out, then I'll take another. <laughs> because I really realized the importance of having a doula. There was like, in, there was no option for me. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me a little more about that? What, why... Why do you think a doula makes such a difference or like what is the difference made by having a doula present? So um, the, the difference of having a doula and not having a doula, I mean, it's, it's such a broad topic, but um, and I think it's a very individual 
answer for every single person who decides to hire a doula because some people need the emotional support of having a doula and some people need the physical support of having a doula because if you're orthodox and your husband can't touch you at some point, then um, they need the physical touch of a woman. Um, So I think it's very individual why people hire a doula. Um, For myself, it was it was both. I actually, I actually hired a doula for one of my kids and, um, I needed emotional support and she said, I'm sorry, that's not part of my job. And I ended up hiring someone else because I needed that. And I took that on a lesson to myself because I think that being an emotional support to my client is just as important as being a physical support, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And how do you navigate life as a doula with, uh, with your family? It's challenging. (laughs) You absolutely need the support of your spouse, partner, um, and kids. If you have them, if they're young, it used to be a lot harder for me. Um, but as I really got into the job and my husband saw the importance of it, he really stepped up to the plate. So kudos to him. He, you know, I, I've been in the hospital over Shabbos before and he's made the whole Shabbos and my kids have taken over. They've made the whole Shabbos and they're excited about it. I think they're very proud of the fact that this is my job. And so they, they don't complain about it, although it is hard for them. So it's, it's hard to navigate. And then another aspect is I can always go on vacation whenever I want. I have to plan according to my um, client schedule. So that also is, is challenging. Um, that's the challenging part of the job. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And what but it's good. Love, what do you love about the job? I live vicariously through my patients. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, <laughs> I wish that I could have a thousand babies. Um, uh, no, seriously though. Um, it humbles me. I love my job because it really reminds me that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really in charge. Um, and it's just so such a holy experience when a baby comes out and the whole experience of, of, of birthing a baby, it just is, is so amazing. And there's something about a baby coming out that you just can never stop looking at it. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you can't stop looking at that baby. It's such a holy thing. And the smiles... Uh, and the joy on the parents' faces and the doctor's face, usually it's just, um, and the adrenaline that I, I guess everyone feels in the room of, of the simcha is just, um, it's amazing. It's, it's never gets old. Sometimes I ask myself, why am I doing this when I'm with my client for like the 12th hour? And I'm like, why am I doing this again? (laughs) And then, and then I'm like, when I see that baby being born, um, then I, I, I remember why. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's really incredible. Yeah. Have you, um, I'm curious to know, have you had clients with past traumas coming into birth and, and how do you navigate that? Yes, I have had clients with past trauma, um, coming into birth and it depends on what the trauma is. Um, a lot of times I've had clients that have had past traumas with, with previous births. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so meaning that um, every trauma, is, as you know, as a therapist, is very individualized to the person and, and why they saw their birth as a trauma. Um, I, I'm just going to give you a couple of examples of, of things that, you know, that I've had. I've had um, someone who had a trauma that her birth was actually too fast. And her second child, um, we had talked about it, and she chose to get an epidural with the second child because she wanted to enjoy the labor and not be so scared about the the um, speed of the birth. Um, I've had trauma um, from people who have had bad doctors. Um, so they needed a different experience. I've had people who have trauma um, there also have had people who have, who have had sexual trauma. Um, so that's a very sensitive topic. Um, no one's outright told me if they have ever had a sexual trauma um, when they're my client. Uh, but sometimes it just enters the back of my mind that I'm curious about it because of their behavior. Um, so a lot of times I talk to them. Um, I have three meetings with my clients. And if a, a past trauma comes up, I do offer an extra meeting or, or so. And I talk, I talk to them about the trauma and how this birth will be different, God willing, and what we can do to make this birth different and not associate past births with this birth. Yeah. Um, because the mind body connection is extremely strong. I've, I've seen it over and over again. Um, so I, that's part of the emotional support of being a doula. Like, if you're not willing to do that, then, I mean, <laughs> it's just part of the job. So does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, how have you seen um, trauma negatively show up, like negatively impact a birth? So as from my perspective, yes. Um, because I feel that the birth could have been different had they dealt with their trauma. Um, you're saying like, like if the past trauma, if they, do I see it? Do, do I see that they bring it into the present birth? Yeah. I'm like, okay. how did, what yeah. kind of, what kind of happens? What do you see happen in birth? Okay. If you've had a previous trauma. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So um, I, I'll just give you an example. This, this happened this week. Um, I, I had a client who um, was a VBAC and um and she had her first successful vaginal birth, um, but she tore she tore a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I was not her doula with with that first V back. Her second V back, I was with her. Um, she got one stitch, and then I was with her for her third birth. It's a it was a V back, and um, she literally didn't want to push. And I just recognized that there was something blocking her, and I said. Is, I asked her, "Is what are you worried about? Can you tell me what's going on? And she said, I'm worried about my first birth. Like she knew that's why she didn't want to push. She literally did. She was fully dilated. She couldn't get herself to push. So we talked through it. We waited and we talked again. She rested. And then when she was ready, she pushed. She was having contractions and just not being there to push. But when she got over it, she got over it and she was ready to go. So that's where she brought her past trauma we had to talk about that. This is different. This is a different birth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. What? Yeah. You know, we, we started to talk about this a little bit before, but it sounds like you're somebody who 
and this is something I really value as a psychologist, that somebody who continues to educate yourself and to learn about what yeah. tools there are to, um, to help us birth most effectively. Um, what kinds of things can you share with us from your education? Okay. So there are, are I've taken many classes. Um, the one class that I, I really, really value is spinning babies. Um, I, I think that every doula should be educated in that. You're educated in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much time I've spent on my head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, so there are just different techniques that you can use to um, try to reverse um, the position of the baby. And um, like the baby is uh, breech or transverse, you can get the baby to be the right position um, to help the baby move down. Um, so I educate myself in, in a lot of different things, how to get the baby down, pressure points. And I literally just learned um, someone, I'm on a doula chat, and someone shared this video of how to get a posterior baby, to, which means the baby's face is facing the wrong way. They're head down, but they're facing the wrong way um, to side get up. them to turn. I'm sorry? I said sunny side up. Yeah, exactly. Sunny side up. And um, I really thought that my past client had that. And I did that exercise on her and she was having terrible back labor and it, it helped. It helped. It helped move the baby. So like all these things, you just have to keep looking out for them and being open to educate yourself. Don't think you know everything. Adula does not know everything. She can always be learning more. That's yeah. one thing that I know. Like I'm very humbled by my job. That um, I also want to, I know you didn't ask me this, but this is something that if you don't mind, if I, if I can bring up that um, Adula is not a miracle worker. Um, sometimes we try everything, everything. And it just, for whatever reason, Hashem says, I know, and I appreciate you're trying everything. And this is the way that I want you to have your baby. Um, and uh, so sometimes I feel like, like I, I'm a failure because I didn't, I didn't um, get to give my client the experience that she really wanted. But I realized it's not about me. That's Gaiva. That, that's, that's, we tried. We're, we just did our best. And, and Hashem does the rest. And that, that's something that I need to also process. Like when I have a birth that didn't go the way that I wanted either, I need to process it. Just like the, the client needs to process it, I need to, you know, kind of quote unquote, forgive myself for not giving them the birth that they wanted. But again, it's, it's not in my hands. We just try everything we can. And sometimes it works beautifully. And then sometimes something happens and it just, you know, doesn't happen. Yeah. How do you help your clients deal with that? So a great question. <laughs> um, so part of my service is that I do a postpartum visit with my client. Um, <laughs> uh, and we rehash the birth. Even if it's a great birth, just by the way, it's very healthy to rehash the birth and process it together. Um, so that's how if a, if, a, if a client didn't have the birth that she really desired, um, that's part of my service. If I see that she's really, truly not processing it and she's, um, I, guess, I guess, too obsessed about it, then I will gently recommend trauma therapy. 
because I, I truly think that trauma therapy is, is, is very helpful to a woman who had a traumatic birth because I don't want her to bring that, that birth into her next birth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do you see yourself, um, in, in a birth team, meaning there's, there's the, the woman, there's often a medical doctor or provider and your piece and the partner, how do you see yourself interacting with that team? Um, it's a great question. Um, so I like to, what I like to say that there are like two teams kind of there's the husband and, and the wife or the, the wife and the partner. Um, and then there's the, the doula and the doctor and the doula is a team with a doctor and the doula is also a team at the same time with the husband and the wife. Um, so I do want to kind say, of in between the two. Yes. Yes. So that's just my perspective. Maybe different doulas have a different perspective. Um, I, I like to bond with the mom and the husband and I like, for them to be more of a team and then me assisting them being a team through the birth. Does that make sense? Okay. So um, in the past, I really, you know, I've seen tons and tons of different dynamics between husbands and wives. And I really truly strongly believe that a husband does have a place in the birth and I think it's becoming more common now that the husband is realizing that. And I give birth classes um, one-on-one and uh, primarily with um, Orthodox couples. And a lot of times the husband doesn't think that he has a place in there. And I have a whole top, like a whole, I cover a whole topic about the husband's place. And, and a lot of times the husbands like perk up and they're like, oh, I do have a place and I, and I tell them they have a place in this. This is their journey together. And a lot of times I think the husband may feel threatened by the doula taking his place and he feels helpless. And I kind of like change that perspective that I'm here to help both of you. This is your journey together. So I've changed that a lot. And, and, and I give credit to a woman who I took a class by, a rebozo class. She's the one who taught me the importance of, um, her name is Jill. I forgot her last name. Um, but she taught me the importance of um, including the husband and uh, giving us the perspective of the, of the husband, which made me feel like so sad for the husband. Like, it's terrible how they feel so helpless, you know. So I've changed that. Um, it was my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the doctor, in terms of the doctor, it's very important for the doula and the doctor to have a relationship because um the doctor needs to respect the doula and the doula also needs to respect the doctor. Sometimes there can be conflict with the doula really thinks and what the doctor really thinks. And um, I don't have it often, but I have it sometimes. But a doula's place is not to overtake the doctor because a doula doesn't have the medical knowledge of the doctor. Um, but a doula can be an advocate for her client. Um, so if the, if the, doula and the doctor have a good relationship, the doctor will be more open and willing to listen to what the doula has to say. And I'll give you an example, um, two examples, actually. Um, one example was I remember I had a client who wasn't dilating as fast as the doctor wanted. 
And uh, the textbook, it's one centimeter an hour. And she wasn't doing that. She was taking her time a little bit. And I have a good relationship with this doctor. And I said, Dr. So-and-so, can you just maybe just take your time, forget about us a little bit? And he smiled at me and was like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll forget about you for a little bit. And Taka, she had the baby like three hours later. Totally fine. She just, you know. So because we had that relationship, he was willing to listen and be flexible. Another example I'll quickly give is during the pandemic, unfortunately, doulas were not allowed into the hospital. So I've seen more C-sections because of this, just by the way. Um, I have a doctor I have a very good relationship with, and um, he actually talked with me on FaceTime with my clients to try to come up with a plan. Um, And he did everything that I suggested. And he was open about it and he was willing and it was beautiful because um, he was, first of all, kudos to him. He was open-minded, but also we have a good relationship, um, a respectful, like I never step on his toes. Um, Unfortunately that, I mean, not unfortunately, that person still ended up with a C-section, but we know, and I know that we tried everything. We really tried everything. So it's good to have a good relationship with the doctor because- they'll they're more willing to work with the client that's amazing I, you know i loved what you were sharing also about the the husband and not the husband and doula but the husband and birth relationship can you talk a little more about like you said you do um a piece of your class focused on the husband or the partner, yeah. and um and can you just talk more about what do you share how do you empower husbands to be part of the sure class? Sure. Um, I empower the husbands by saying, you know, this is you, you and your wife's journey. And um, I tell them that um, I just dis- I discuss with them about pain versus suffering. That's how I usually start it. And I say that um, the the wife's pain is, is a negative term. I'm just saying it like, you know, hypnobirthing. They don't like using the word pain, but I'm just going to say it. Um, right now. So the, the woman is in pain, but the husband has to know that she's not suffering. This is not a bad pain. This discomfort is a good thing and he doesn't have to do anything to fix it. I said, your job is to join her in that pain and, and um, ask her what she needs from you during that time, because this is how you are the process in the journey of giving birth to the baby. You're not feeling the contractions, but you're helping your partner giving birth to the baby. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So once they find that connection with their spouse, they feel very involved in birthing the baby together. This, They're like, oh yeah, this is our baby. It's not my wife's baby and then my, not my wife's and my doula's job, but this is my job too. I'm, I'm involved in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Oh, I'm so happy you shared that. So uh, also I learned this from my doula teacher is to give the, the couple's privacy. Um, I will ask them if, if it's a calm moment, whether they get an epidural or she's doing okay. And she's not Anita and the husband wants to just spend time with her. I step out of the room and I give them some time to bond um, because this is this is their journey together. And I don't want to be um, in the middle of that. So I, I encourage that very much. So that's also one one way how I get them to bond. 
I love that. That's that's so powerful. It's so powerful. Um, you mentioned also the you mentioned also Rebozo. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that. Sure, sure. Um, so Rebozo is it's a class that I learned. Um, it's so in Mexico they make these long cloths. It kind of looks like a very long tijol, and it's made out of um, a certain material. Um, I'm assuming wool, and um, so, well, I don't know what material it is, but um, yeah, you use the rebozo in so many different ways to um, help the mom in, during her pregnancy. Um, the class teaches you techniques how to uh, put the rebozo on the mommy's tummy and to how to wiggle the mommy's tummy to move the baby. Also shows you the rebozo. Um, so to, to like lift the tummy if the mommy's having pressure in her in her hips from the or in her pelvis. Um, the rebozo is also I've I've done not done this so many times, but to relax the mommy, you kind of like wrap it around their eyes and have them relax. So um, I've done that just a couple times. Um, so this class is really educates you how you can use this piece of cloth to, to help the laboring woman. And it's, it's great. Awesome. Awesome. It, um, you, I know you like to talk about pel- pelvic floor health. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yes. I'm very into pelvic floor ha- uh, health. So, um, a lot of women are not aware of pelvic floor health and the reason why I became aware of it is because with my sixth child, I had um, pubic synthesis. And that means that the pubic bone, it, it always gets, there's a piece of uh, cartilage between the center of the pubic bone that normally during pre- pregnancy, the hormones make it relaxed a little bit. So the, so the um, pelvic can split, it can move apart to allow the baby to go through. So, um, when you have too many hormones and it makes your pelvic floor, the pelvic spread apart too much and it causes a lot of pain and, um, you can't lift your legs. And, um, so after that, after I had that experience myself and I saw, um, a therapist, a physical therapist after she really educated me that so many women, even if after they have one child needs to take care of themselves. Otherwise, you know, gravity really gravity rules and a lot of things start falling um, down below and it can cause a lot of health issues. It can cause yeast infections. It can cause discomfort when you're intimate with your husband. It can cause pain walking. Um, so I really educated myself more on the pelvic health and I really, I, I include that in my lessons as well. Um, I give a, a packet to my clients now, um, about pelvic health. I don't teach them so much about pelvic health. I just give them the pamphlet and I, and I tell them to please read through this and, and respect the fact, respect your body because you need to have a healthy body, um, in order to be a healthy parent and not be uncomfortable. Yeah, that makes it that much easier to parent, right? <laughs> You're like in chronic pain. Um, yes. <laughs> um, yes. Can you share with us a little bit of what is in that pamphlet or um, how people can start to become a little more mindful of their pelvic floor health? It, it basically sh- um, shares this the reasons or, or, or the ways someone can have some um, 
dysfunction in pelvic health and it, and it tells you the symptoms and it tells you, um, I guess it tells you the symptoms and then it also tells you what you can do about it. Um, that's basically what the pamphlet is. It's just like a, a just a guide for them to be aware of issues that can, that are not in the, within the normal range. Peeing when you laugh <laughs> is not normal. <laughs> and a lot of women are like, oh yeah, you know, cause I had so many children. That's not normal. So if that happens to you, get yourself help. Um, so it's just like a little bit of an opening to just teaching my clients about it. It's not my area of expertise, um, but I'm more than willing and, and more than willing to lead them in the right, the right direction. I've, I've, um, I referred a therapist to my clients when they needed it. And um, especially when I see that a client has had a, a large tear um, in their birth, then I really, really strongly recommend it. Whether they do it or not, it's that's not on me. That's on them. Um, but I, I, I will bring it up at their postpartum visit. And yeah. can you explain what... what um what does this kind of physical therapist do? So the physical therapist actually, um, I did not know this until I had had uh, a session with her. She does a lot of internal um, work. So, so there's, <sighs> there it's so, Hashem makes the body so amazing, but um, there are, so many muscles in the pelvic area that a lot of them are loose and some of them are tight and they're not, they're not even. And then one makes up for the other. And so by doing an internal kind of like a massage, um, on those muscles internally, it helps the whole pelvic floor. And she also gives you exercises to do at home. Um, like, uh, not, not like Kegels, but, um, kind of like yoga poses, some yoga poses and um, like pelvic tilts to do um, stuff like that. I guess it was different every time, but um, the thing that I really felt helped me the most was the internal massage to make things even because if one thing was tight or one thing was loose, they just compensated for each other and gave me so much pain. So by doing that, it, it helped me. Wow. Wow. Okay. And, um, how can somebody find this kind of physical therapist? You can either call your insurance company and they can guide you in that direction. You can talk to your OBGYN. They can guide you on that. Those are the two main sources or friends. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I think one more important topic for us to talk about, and I'm really happy that you do that postpartum check or check-in because I think there it's kind of like there's the birth and then like, okay, good luck. Have a nice time. Um, but what are your, what, what's your experience with seeing, um, postpartum people with seeing yeah. women postpartum struggling with mental health? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very passionate topic that I don't, I don't usually talk about so much, um, with my clients about my, my, I personally have had postpartum depression with my first one. And when I had it, uh, my son's almost 18. So it was a very taboo subject and no one really understood it. No one wanted to talk about it. No one wanted to face it. And, um, 
I was married literally for nine months when my son was born and my husband was like, who is this woman? And I myself didn't know who I was, you know, um, it was a very scary, dark time. And my, my mother never had postpartum depression. So she also had no idea what this was. Um, so that's when I became educated about postpartum, but at that point I wasn't a doula and I never really shared it with anyone. Um, so just, I have personal experience, so I know what to look out for. Um, with my clients. Um, I have had clients who have had postpartum depression, not many, but a few. And um, I, I recommend that they, I have, I have people who like, I, I include in my packet of who they can call if they need help. <clears throat> if I see from my visit, my first visit with my client, if she's more of an, of an anxious type of person, then I usually include a bit more information. Um, not that I'm jumping to conclusions that she will have postpartum depression. Um, also, if my client is already on medication for, for depression, they're more likely to develop postpartum depression. So we talk about it. <clears throat> and um, I, uh, I, I do share my stories with certain clients that I, um, that I myself have had postpartum depression if they think that's something that they may experience themselves. Um, what was your question? I just wanted you to explore this topic with us a little oh, bit. Okay. I'm, gr- I'm grateful for what you shared. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's difference between postpartum blues and postpartum depression. I, I, I need everyone to know that it's normal to just have postpartum blues and out of the blue, literally just lay your head down on the table and cry that's normal. It's okay to feel like you're hurting everywhere and you're not a good mom and, and you're just tired and you just, it's not unusual to feel like, what did I just do? I just take everything away from me. That's not, that's okay. That's okay to feel human and it's okay to cry and then laugh five seconds later and then cry five seconds later. That's okay. It's, it's when there are certain feelings that are overtaking your life that that needs to be checked. Um, some people with postpartum depression want to harm themselves or want to harm their baby or don't want to live anymore. Um, and, but people with the blues just cry and they feel exhausted and that's, that's different. Okay. That's, that's a really important subject. I'm glad we're bringing it up. Um, and I guess one thing on my mind still, we were talking about earlier is, um, like kind of when, when things don't go the way you plan them to go. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little more about that and how yes. you prepare clients for it and how you kind of deal with the aftermath? Yes. So, so recent, until recently, I literally have had like two C-sections out of all my clients. And I, and I really um, almost prided myself about that. And then recently, um, first of all, in general, I've seen a very big trend of having C-sections for whatever reason. Like I've had more clients now than I've ever had that are having C-sections. And I'm just kind of questioning like um, what, what's happening. But um, okay. So going back to your, your question though, um, when things happen and, and you don't expect them to. So recently I had a birth. Um, I'm going to say about four months ago or so, um, 
kind of did everything she could to prepare herself. Like she really, really did for, for a vaginal birth. And, um, <clears throat> we tried everything, everything under the book. Um, and it just, at one point I was, I was nervous for her physical health. She was, she was not doing well. And I told her, I didn't tell her. I just asked her, can you do four more hours of this? And she said, no. And I just needed her to say it because as a doula, you never want to tell your client that I think you need a C-section at this point. You don't want to say that after this happened and she had the C-section, um, there was really no option. She needed the C-section and we never found out why she needed it. Why, why she stalled where she did. Um, but it took me a while to really process this. And um, after that, I started preparing my clients that sometimes you prepare yourself solely on having a vaginal birth. It's also important to know that you can try your hardest and the doula can try her hardest and the doctor can try his hardest and the vaginal birth is not going to happen. And you need to prepare yourself mentally that it's okay as I like to prepare my clients because of what had happened with my previous client that sometimes a birth doesn't happen the way we had planned it to happen and it's not the end of the world and we will process it after the birth but I also so that's basically what I give my message to my clients that as much as I'm preparing you I'm giving you your classes I'm giving you your exercises I'm giving you all the education that you need and you're doing everything and you're preparing everything for the vaginal birth and you're putting so much effort into this vaginal birth and then it doesn't happen and you feel like it all was for nothing um, and you feel like a failure so I just need them to know and to prepare that sometimes you try your hardest and you're not a failure if for whatever reason you need to see section, whether it's um, because the, the baby just didn't move down or, or you stalled at five centimeters for 36 hours or you um, or the baby's breech or, or you have a rupture or whatever. It's not in our hands. So I need them to prepare a little bit about that. I don't, I don't even have a whole topic about it. It's more of a blurb that I teach my clients that, but I need to put it in the back of their head that sometimes that happens. So that's my, that's what I took from this birth. Um, and it, it really, it really took me a while to get over that birth. Like it really, because I, I was, I was sad because she tried so hard <laughs> and, um, I, I like, I take it like, not as I'm a failure, but as I'm a failure, you know, like, but again, like that's the guy of a part of me and it, it's a very humbling experience. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so I guess with all this that we've shared today, is there, is there anything that you wish from women would know about birth, about pregnancy and postpartum and um, that you want to share with people? Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of people think, um, that not having like, like having a doula is, is an option. And it, of course is an option. A lot of people think I'm going to get the epidural, so I'm not going to need a doula. That's not true at all. Um, so I, I, I think a lot of people, um, 
especially like young moms, when they get married in the Orthodox world, a lot of them um, aren't even so much aware of what their body does in the process of birth. And so they don't educate themselves and they just go into the birth and they're just like, I feel like they're like a piece of meat for the doctor. Like the doctor's like, oh, I can do whatever I want with this client because they they have no idea what's going on. So I'm just going to break their water and I'm going to put them on Pitocin and I'm going to give them the epidural, um, et cetera. So um, I really like my, I really, really, really strongly recommend that everyone out there um, educate themselves and um, be an advocate for themselves and if you can't be an advocate for yourselves, hire a doula that will be an advocate for you, um, a respectful doula. Um, I do want to say that uh, sometimes I go into a hospital and I have a nurse or a doctor, but usually the nurse comes in and she's very cold. As soon as she sees there's a doula, she's like, gets very stiff. And I introduce myself and if I see that she's not relaxing, um, I kind of hint that I'm not against you. <laughs> We're on the same team here. And I actually had one, one time a nurse say, oh, you're not one of those. Okay. And she said, I've had very bad experiences with doulas before. So I want to say if you are hiring a doula to make sure that the doula is respectful of, of the doctors and you should ask them, where does she think that she stands with the doctors? Because Doulas are not doctors. They're 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 not qualified to make decisions, and um, that's also a side point. I always tell my clients before I recommend something, please check with your doctor that this is safe. Um, for example, this is a totally off topic, but a lot of doulas do recommend that their clients take an herb or or do something that um, they're not so educated about. I had a client that I recommend she do. Um, um, uh, oh my gosh, primrose oil, um, to, uh, help her thin out her cervix. And she asked her, I said, ask your doctor. And he said to her, she can't take it because she's on blood thinners. I didn't know that. And I took, I took that and I just applied it to all the things that I do now. Like you always have to ask your doctor. You think it's an, you know, something natural and it can't hurt you it wasn't good for her to take. So that's why I'm, I'm very, I'm so happy and relieved that I told her to ask her doctor. That's an aside. Um, but educate yourself. Um, and don't be embarrassed about your body. It's a beautiful, beautiful creation that Hashem made. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of our main goals with this podcast is to provide more access to education, more conversations about these topics. And so I'm really grateful that you were willing to talk with us today and well, it's uh, my my pleasure um i would love to educate people about um the empowerment of a woman a woman is so amazing like oh my gosh the man doesn't run the house people it's you <laughs> <laughs> you run the house you're amazing and um thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to to speak yeah so if anybody would like to um be in touch with Shira. If you have a question for her, or if you want to hear more about what she does, um, you can reach out to me and I will gladly pass along the request. So thank you very much.